Welcome to the Build Up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlewy.net for further information. Kevin, before we get into our chat this week, I think we have to take a moment to reflect on an outstanding call you made last week. Um, Southampton, off the back of a 9-0 defeat to Leicester, you predicted that they'd go away to Leicester and beat them. They, ju- they just went and did that. Uh, like, have you been parading around the house at home as proud as possible? <laughs> I didn't put any money on it. I can't pat myself back because I'm getting plenty wrong. So. Uh, yeah, it's a, you know what? That was it was bound to happen, wasn't it? Um, yeah, exactly. Should have backed them back straight after that game when they when they got beat nine nil in the return one day to win. Um, I think it was we've been playing quite well as well. Um, as I think I said, there's not much between them on, on paper when you look at their squads and, and what's been spent. But when you see the differences in the league table and the points they've had, but in the last six weeks, Southampton have been as good as anyone's. I was about to say, with Leicester, are you beginning to worry for them a little bit? Are they faltering a little? Like, the results have been a bit indifferent recently. They've had a couple of good wins, but then obviously they played the likes of Liverpool and Man City, suffered defeat. And I just, just wonder, sometimes, you know, like, are they going to be able to keep this up for the whole season has been the big question. Yeah. And now are the cracks starting to appear, maybe? Yeah, and I just think they're, they're coming back to more where they are, the squad and the team. Um, I think, you know, they're fantastic achievement if they stay in the top four. It'll be away from where they were a few weeks ago. You know, they were the only ones close to challenging Liverpool. But, you know, if they can stay in that top four, which I think they will, there's a good gap there for them. Um, I think that's a fantastic achievement. I wouldn't as a disappointment for them or dropping off. I think it's still it's still uh, ahead of I suppose um, the sum of their parts. Um, it'll be a really good season. So this, they don't have the strong squad. In the, they don't have a you know they're probably a mid-table strength squad. Um, they don't have strength and depth. So it, it's expected that they're going to drop off around now when the games are coming thick and fast. Uh, players tired probably as well enjoying where they are in the league and um, and maybe had a good Christmas some of them so um, it's expected to see their form drop off a bit um, The other team that's in flying form at the minute you mentioned Southampton but like Watford are <laughs> unbelievable since yeah. Pearson's come in and it's one of those things probably a lot of us maybe looked at Pearson coming in and going just you know where are they going with this um, you see with David Mize as well going back to West Ham when you're replacing someone like Pellegrini who had a Premier League title yeah. to his name but like is there sometimes can we be can we underrate the sort of old school manager? It's almost come back to that Sam Allardyce thing of you know if my name was Sam Allardyce, I mentioned was it Real Madrid or something yeah. I mentioned. But like that these lads they can get results that we don't always have to look to sort of the new thing or the new you know yeah. of those, like like Marco Silva for instance is an example that springs to mind that was the kind of the flavor of the month back when he was wanted by Watford, wanted by Everton. There were a good few teams in yeah. after him. Yeah, I don't know Nigel Pearson. I never felt that he was old school. You know. Uh, I didn't know where he disappeared in the last few years because when you think about it, he was the one, I know he didn't manage Leicester to a league title, but he was the one who took Leicester from, they were bottom of the league. He got them promoted, first of all, um, but they were bottom of the league, I think, at Christmas and they were the first teams to get to get out of it being bottom of the league. Um, they were tailed off and he got them up, he kept them up, did really well and he got sacked right at the start, pre-season he got sacked yeah. when Ranieri took over then. So, like, he obviously put some things in place there that... Um, Helped them win the league um, the following season, um, you know. And he's he's doing him Watford regarding getting from bottom position in the league. You would have said in start of December they're gone. It's finally their time. You know, they've changed their manager so many times. I've got this. Couldn't see happening again. But in fairness to him, and I, I don't know. 
I don't look at him, other people might look at him as old school. I don't. I always sort of quite enjoyed his interviews and things like that. He was always very, you know, you think you're going to get something else out of him, and then you hear him talk. He's very articulate, sights and, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I've always enjoyed listening to him. I was, when he got the job, I was thinking, where's he been, actually? I thought he'd have had a few more jobs in the last few years, considering what he did do with Leicester. Belgium um, or something? I think it was, was, it, was somewhere in Belgium, maybe Ghent or somewhere. Um, but you know what? Maybe the Watford players, they've had a lot of, you know, of the same. <laughs> Flores was back twice, but I suppose it, he's a total change to what they had. Um, it's the first English manager, I'd imagine, in a while, not that that makes a difference, but uh, something different to what they've had, maybe in, they always, anyway, they get a boost from a new manager. They're so used to a change there. Because <laughs> yeah. um, they always work for them. So, um, you know, you should never write them off. Um, David Moyes is more of a strange one for me, that one. You know, I could not see that coming. Um, and uh, he he doesn't inspire me like Nigel Pearson does. <laughs> and, things like that. and I was a Man United fan, so after listening to him a lot as Man United manager, I just, I don't know. Um, I don't know whether, you, you know, I'm sure you keep them up and all that but it's just weird that they've gone back to them um, at this stage yeah just on the other side of like the going back to Pearson for a second like uh, it's it's funny um, I was reading a piece the other day about how Watford are actually as a club very suited to changing managers in that it's sort of basically like almost the first team coach that comes in and it's a new shape for the yeah. players and picks the team and everything like that and the rest of the club is run around um you know, by everybody else, almost the more kind of like uh, stable kind of people that are that are yeah. in charge. Whereas, if you look at a club like Bournemouth, who are like really on a slide at the moment, they can't just go out and not that they should, but not they can't just go out and sack Eddie Howe and bring in somebody to replace it because Eddie Howe basically runs the entire football club. You know, it's a very yeah. kind of a different mentality. I'm sure you've been kind of it at is, clubs yeah. that did both did it in both ways. Yeah. Um, do you feel that as a player? Like, I mean, do you kind of know the difference between this manager is just a custodian versus this guy is, you know, running Yeah, the place? you know, when I was at Wolves, that was what they were trying to transition to. When they, when they sacked Mick McCarthy, they were going from that model of Mick was basically in control of the whole club, um, had a lot of power over everything too. They were trying to change it to the model, like sort of Watford, I suppose, where there's the director of football, there's, you know... It was the case, you know, where managers get sacked, the physio goes, the, the fitness coach goes, everyone goes with the manager, whereas they were trying to train, which is understandable, you know, when when you're changing your manager, you don't have to change all the staff and all the behind-the-scenes people, you want to just change the coach, move on, and um, you can see that in the modern way, that's the way it should be, managers change so much, if you're to be changing everyone, all, you know, probably 10, 12 staff every time, um, it's going to cost you uh, a fortune there's a big upheaval at a club they want to keep it all sort of the same and just change a head coach um, you, I felt as a player a manager who was in charge of everything got more out of me because he felt more like he was the boss when the manager was just there as you know ships in the night and, and yeah. um, everyone else kept their job but he went he felt it was just a case of waiting for the day when he was going to get the bullet yeah, yeah. it was easy easier for a club to fire him and give him the chance to turn things around. So as a player, you sort of felt less responsibility, I think, than you do when a, when a manager is you know, is the boss and you don't go against anything. The manager decides everything. There's the players fine. You know, what time you're here, they're everywhere. He is the one overall leader. So I think uh, like a dictator, but it's probably, you know, I felt it was the best for me to get the best out of me when it was like that. Um, on that topic as well of like new managers coming in, I just was um, interested in what Jose, Jose Mourinho was saying after the 
Liverpool game when he was talking about the fact that they've had five, Klopp has had you know five years at the club to get them physically to the point where they're able to do what he wants them to do. Now, yeah. Mourinho, I don't know what he needs to do physically because teams tend to not run an awful lot compared to other teams anyway, so I don't know how long it takes yeah. for teams to get ready for that. But is that something that you've noticed even when you were a player that, you know, forever about tactically and the different kind of intricacies of a manager, but just pure physical training and the fitness that maybe you're there for, you know, you've got a guy for eight months a year that's doing one thing and then all of a sudden it just changes up completely and you're doing a different type of training. Yeah, I've had that with different managers. You know, some managers... Uh, managers will come in and change it totally because you're not fit enough. No, I remember with, I think it was Saunders at Wolves. You are not fit enough, and you know, middle of the season we went from one training regime to everyone running, everyone, you know, absolutely bursting their balls and on early morning on different things like that. You know, but real, which is not probably the way to do it either. You can't just transition from one to the other overnight, and you know that you have to build slowly into something when you're dealing with. A, an animal or a body or whatever, you, you have to condition it to, to get to that fitness level. So, um, yeah, I remember thinking it was crazy at the time, that one. But, yeah, different managers, different theories. Jose Mourinho's one, you know, he's usually better to start, to be honest with you. I don't know what he's on about saying yeah. Klopp's got five years. He, he's messed it up after year three, whatever he's been. It's usually the first year or two he gets his impact and then he's gone. So, um, yeah, managers have different theories on you know, some would say you get your fitness with the ball and you do all your run with the ball and you never do a run. Other managers we, I've had where you run at the end of every training session early in the week or, you know, you'll do all your running that fitness-wise without the ball and then when the ball is just for tactics, shape, very little used as a fitness. Other managers, it'll be all five-a-side, sharp, shooting, really quick, intense training, but everything is with ball. And it's, I don't know, it's old school or new school, it's which now, it's all, it changes so much, one is the way forward, and one, the other one's the way forward, it changes every couple of years, hot bats one year, cold bats next year, <laughs> you know, stuff, stuff changes all the time, what's involved, what team is doing well, and, and managers and staff pick up on what other clubs are doing, and they copy that, and everyone's always searching, looking for an edge, for something different, um, you know, there's never usually one right way or wrong way, it's a sort of a blend of everything, I think, um, I've been, been, been a footballer uh, in the day to day. You always loved the manager who decided everything with the ball was the way you should do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've been a lazy figure. You don't want to be running around after every transition. But you know what? You have to run. You cannot play. You can't play football without running. And the fitter teams are usually the better teams. And it, you know, it's a simple uh, thing to be fitter, to be better. But it's a fine art between being fit and being overfit uh, you know going the other way and training too hard and not having the energy then on the weekend or whenever your game is to be ready for a game I've seen I've seen the opposite where you train too hard you, you do too much the day or two before a game and it, no matter what it kills you, you, if, you if you're if you wrecked if you're tired you put too much in your legs on a Friday, Thursday or Friday in thinking you're preparing well thinking you're doing everything right and not leaving a stone unturned but then you've left your legs on the training ground and you don't have it on a Saturday on a pitch and that's when you see teams look lethargic and you think oh they're, they're late to every ball you know, what's wrong with them today? And a lot of the cases, it's a simple thing of a manager, you know, trying to do everything on a Thursday and Friday, trying to get every set piece in, every tactical situation in, and over, over training, over thinking it without um, thinking of what he's after doing to the player's legs. Um, so, find the best know how to do it. Like to Sir Alex Ferguson, I think, the players who worked under him, fantastic at judging, judging when, uh, when players should train or not train, when should they days off or not days off what they put into their agent training and it's, it's as important as you know a tactical approach or knowing what player to pick is more when players 
getting off the training ground. Steve Copper used to go nuts at us when we'd be out practicing extra, mm-hmm. and you always hear us to practice, practice extra, stay on the pitch, do more, do more, do more. That's the mantra you know, all the time. You have to be the last one in. He would be banging on the door of his office, which looked out at the pitch, the window of his office, get in off the pitch. You know, do not be out there, get in straight away. He'd wait on the pitch for everyone to get in. He'd kick in off it because he was a big believer in you having that energy in your, in your legs was a, a massive thing for the game. And it is. You know, you, you know how much you play, lads, whether it's five or seven, whatever. But you know when you go out in the day, some days you have it in your legs, and other days you know from the first time oh, I'm not today. I thought it was fit, but I can't move. It's mm-hmm. probably because you've on too much but um, yeah there's my spiel over it training and fitness yeah, no, it's very interesting. Uh, like it's, it's, it's without the, the one thing that dawned on me when you were saying that actually about the enjoyable part of training was that Jose was also saying after the game with Liverpool how angry he was because they'd spent uh, I think it was forty five minutes working on defensive throws in a uh, in, in training in the build up and that's how they conceded the goal. But like yeah. you know, I, I I imagine there are like these necessities that you have to go through in the week of a match when you're especially when you're looking at the opposition that are just so mind numbingly boring that yeah. you have to just get through it's what you get paid the big bucks for I suppose yeah well yeah you do you, you just, there's meetings and there's things and you're sitting there and you know you've heard all before you know you don't need to see it and see that throwing he said they did 45 minutes doing the throwing well like they're all they're all been professionals for a long time you would imagine they could look at that throwing on a video maybe do it once or twice on a pitch what, whatever Liverpool they were practicing defending Liverpool throwing it but you know saying that they've done it 45 minutes to me sounds like um, overkill sounds like he's trying too hard um, but in players heads as well and players just switch off I don't know any meeting anything you're in if you go longer than 20 minutes on one subject you go 45 minutes on a throwing you'll have lost the players for the last 20 minutes of that it doesn't care whether they're paid millions or paid nothing it yeah. doesn't matter what you are you 45 minutes on a throwing I'm sure he's exaggerating with that but um, <laughs> like it just you know it's that's when managers become that, that's when you see it happening they become so fixated on one thing and you know as Blair and your kids are this, he's, he's nuts here we're doing a throwing here for 45 minutes come on you know you, you can do this in 10 minutes on a video and maybe a couple of minutes on the pitch and it's done um, but that's become when you do things like that and then one player will pipe up and say well, what if this happens and then you go through a scenario that's not going to happen in 5 million years but you spend 20 <laughs> minutes on a train of pitch because one fucking Egypt has piped up and said the goalie goes forward first. <laughs> but you know what I mean so um, yeah it's just uh, I've beaten all those and um, and they're just so yeah if you practice something like that for that long defending it's bound to get you it always happens yeah. it gets you the weekend you'll always concede from it it's just sad law um, and if you make a point of something or pick it out it's yeah. always going to hit you so, just anyway, to make the manager yeah, angry yeah uh, yeah, yeah Liverpool uh, like you know it was only 1-0 in the end and Spurs had a chance of conceding but ultimately it was like one of those Liverpool performances where you're just like this team has reached a new level and they're keeping the ball from Spurs they had the yeah. least amount of passes and stuff and you look at them now they've won 12 in a row since in the league since they uh, since they had that draw at Old Trafford the only time they've dropped points they haven't conceded in six um, in the league now as well so they've tightened everything up in the defence they look almost in better form than they have been all season like yeah. I can't see United getting anything off them again this week can you? No it's hard to no, I've, I've done my, my thing and it's, uh, it's a win a convincing group. Man United have been good against the big teams but fact, like Firmino's touch for his goal against Spurs was, it didn't really get I don't know if it got picked up on too much but he looked unreal in that game and every time Liverpool went forward they looked dangerous looked like the score like you always do but he was his touch for that goal was so Incredible, good yeah. and the ball came to him from 
short distance away at pace and he just opened his body up with one touch and finished it and you know that was just so I'm just watching that at the time thinking my god they're just they're all playing with confidence they're all on fire I'd like him to sign someone actually or more than one one or two players um, there's a lot of games between now and the end of the season I think the league side of it it should be coasting pretty much now to the end of the season it's easy for us to say if you're a Lucas fan of the league saying that for them that should be fun up, but yeah, it's hard to see anything other than them beating Man United. Um, they, you know, throw themselves into it and be up for a big derby game. The players will be trying and running around and jumping into stuff and things. But you'd imagine once you set them down, Liverpool are just just too good. And the United you know, have to come out a bit, and they're just too good at getting getting on the counter attacking. It looks like gore at every opportunity. Uh, aside from the Liverpool United game, uh, obviously you have to you have to follow up a good performance last week with the Southampton prediction with another one this week. What are you looking at? Um, Burnley need a win. I think they're playing less. Seems like I'm dodging less than two weeks in a row going against them. But you know they've they've lost the game now and they're they're not in as good a form as they're. And Burnley really need need to uh, need to get a win. Need to get themselves going. Um, nitty gritty performance from Burnley. I can see them. Um, I want to say a, ooh, a 1-0 Burnley win right one, geez, you've been very exact with that um, it's a 3-1 it's a three, three to one on Ladbrokes.com overall just for them to win yeah. um, we'll have a look at the odds as well for 1-0 but uh, that's when we were we were uh, playing 1-2-3 as well ourselves earlier, ourselves earlier on on Ladbrokes trying to come up but that Leicester Burnley game it's hard to call you're going for Burnley I think we just edged it for Leicester yeah. but we'll see next week who ends up right well you're on a roll Kevin so we'll, we'll trust yeah, you over us for I'm the time a, being you know I'm trying to pick bets where it'll be decent odds I'm not just trying to go with the yeah easier picks but um, you know if you're to have a if you want a bit of value then Definitely. I think that's uh, an okay one anyway cheers Kevin we'll chat to you next week cheers lads talk to you soon thanks so Kevin's on a roll and he's going for Burnley to beat Leicester and all I can think of is more bloody good news for Aston Villa everybody who goes down to the bottom three except for Villa just goes at these unbelievable runs and they end up at like 10th of the table Watford, Southampton now Burnley are going to start it as well yeah well Villa will be due one soon enough you, you're, going to have to, you're going to have to wait now going by the trend I'm going to say early March you're That'll going to, do. Going I to turn a corner. Then, yeah. Can I give you a mad stat, Mark? Actually, this is a very Aston Villa orientated for like the majority of people listening. It'll be Liverpool, United, etc. But I'll give you one Villa, very Villa-centric stat, right? Go on. They've played 11 games against teams that are currently in the top half of the table, in the top 10, right? They've had, do you know how many points they've won? I'd say one. Yeah, one point. <laughs> hey! Against, two all draw against Manchester United. They've lost every other game against teams that are currently in the top. It half seems the table. to be that they have twenty points in their eleven games in the against teams in the bottom half, you know. But it's just that's crazy. Yeah, because even last week when we were discussing one, two, three, and I was like, "Jesus, sure, Aston Villa can't buy you in their terrible run." And they were like, "Well, they beat Burnley last week." And yeah. it was like, it's because nearly every game that's a big Aston Villa game that's televised that there's a bit of buzz around. Yeah, is obviously they're generally against teams in the top ten, yeah. and they generally lose them all. So yeah. my from the outside looking in, my whole like. The thought process for Aston Villa is, oh yeah, they've lost every game this season. <laughs> yeah, look, it's uh, they've got Brighton away this week, and this is again, this is a team they did beat. They were very, very lucky to beat them at Villa Park. But like again, this is the kind of game they have to win. Anyway, look, enough of Villa. I'm being uh, very, very uh, self indulgent here, but I just thought that was an interesting yep. stat for a team that are, are only a point off safety. They've had one point against teams at the top half of the table. As we mentioned when we were chatting to Kevin, the um, one two three this week includes Burnley against Leicester. It's your chance to win hundred euro cash on Labrooks.com by correctly predicting the score scores of three of this weekend's football matches. Last week was 
both um, encouraging and also complete disaster when you look at it. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd rather be way off. Yeah, you'd rather we be. Yeah. So last week I went. We both went for one nil Liverpool and Tottenham. We did nailed that. We both went for two nil Watford against Bournemouth. Oh, Mark! I looked at the score of this. I checked uh, the score with ten minutes to go, and or it was less than ten minutes to go. And Watford were two up. I was like, grand. That's a five euro free bet at least. We roll on. We're going for the hundred euro cash. And then you text me, killer last kick of the game goal. I was like, <laughs> That's like oh, this has to be Watford and Bournemouth. <laughs> and sure enough, yeah, she didn't even know what sport I was talking yeah. about. Yeah. So I watch it like I'm in the sitting room and or no, the match is on in the sitting room. And it's like, for some reason, we weren't in there. And it was sort of, the football was just on all day. And I was kind of, the doors were open and I could hear if there was a goal kind of thing. You know, so I ran in and saw that Watford had gone 2 up. It was about 70 minutes. I'm like, this is perfect. This is bang on. You know, you go in the middle of each half. That's what you want for a 2-0 win. Very happy with things. Looking at Mark Travers, you know, watched it for a few minutes and thinking like, oh, Bournemouth need to stem the tide here, whatever. And then off doing my thing. And next thing I just hear, and I went, that's a bloody goal. That sound, that's because it could have been full time. But I went, yeah. that sound is a goal and went in and discovered that they'd scored with literally I would say 20 seconds of injury time left on the clock and I'm like oh Killer. no and then also I wanted Felt to go I wanted to go 5-0 for Man City against Aston Villa yeah. and you were like no it's not going to be that big and Villa are going to score a goal anyway because they always score at home you were right half right yeah we were both half big. right <laughs> <laughs> so if we had actually gone for 6-1 we could have been here sitting pretty but look at we go again we compromised it the wrong way yeah. but anyway look you, you, we got a 1 euro free bet uh, I've got some ideas for that we'll talk about later but I'm going to I, man, I'm more and more convinced over the course of the season that we're going to get the hundred one time. One of definitely. us will. will yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, this week's games: Newcastle against Chelsea, uh, Saturday evening, half five. Very hard to predict. Two of the most unpredictable teams at the minute. Newcastle could go out and beat Chelsea three one all of a sudden here, having lost. I think. I think they've won one win in the last five or something. Yeah, Newcastle are weird. I even looked at it. I went to see. Oh, is there a trend when they play against like? old top six so I, I basically looked at the old top six and Leicester right so seven say and they've played nine games they've had seven points scored six goals pretty much the same as what Newcastle's kind of run is anyway a little bit worse obviously yeah. but you know they, they held City they've uh, you know they beat Man United they're just all over the shop, like you know. So you, it's just so hard to predict at any time. They're so badly injured. Though. That's they lost say. another two players this week. Yeah, like, there's a good know. chance Anton Deck may have to start as their centre back <laughs> partnership. Shearer's back for another hat trick to equal Aguero. I think because of that, and because likes Mason Mount come back into a bit of form, Tammy Abraham was scoring it last weekend. I'm going to go Chelsea two 0 <sighs> That's my instinct too. I just, yeah. I, no, I'm going, to, I'm going 2 0 as well. That's that's my pick. So next one, yeah. Burnley against Leicester. Uh, as we mentioned there, Kevin's gone for a Burnley win. I think Leicester just about squeezed two one, yeah. but I'm I'm not all that confident. Are you going two one as well here? Yeah, that's my pick here. We can't. These are ridiculous. We're we're on song. We're, we're this is the same we're, as last week though. Like it's a good sign if we're close because if we're kind of picking the same because we we're very close last week. So I don't mind that. Yeah, last Burnley, one. The one thing about just on Kevin, like just. He, I like, I see where he's coming from. They need a win, and Leicester might be there for the taking at the moment. But Burnley have lost four in a row. They've lost seven out of their last nine in the Premier League. They're in really, really bad form. Um, so just bear that in mind, you know. But Turf Moor is still going to be a tough place to go. Like. Yep. Uh, and then Liverpool against Manchester United. I'm going to go for 2 0 here. We went 3 0 before Christmas, we were badly wrong. I'm not as confident now. Like I know they're going to. I think they're going to win definitely, but I'm not going to be 
all blazing. Oh, Liverpool are going to win 3 0. I'm going to go 2 0. I don't necessarily see United scoring as such so much as that I'm just going to play the odds and think that six clean sheets in a row is something that might come to an end <laughs> at some stage. So I'm going to go for Liverpool to win 3 1. You get, I think they're going to score a goal. Enough. Who? United are going to score a goal. I, there's no reason that they can't. United don't really have that much issue scoring goals. It's bloody, it's winning games that they have a problem with. Yeah. You know, they won. What did they win four 0 at the weekend? I know Norwich are a slightly different team than Liverpool. <laughs> but look, <laughs> uh, there you have. I'm it. just going to play the odds of goal. Like here, you think Aston Villa are good enough to score a goal against Man City? But if yeah. I bet on them to do it because I just thought they'd somehow do it, and they did with a last right. second penalty. Um. Liverpool clean sheet are destroying me anyway in fancy football because everybody seems to own two Liverpool defenders and I own none I have Alisson the last couple of weeks I, did I ever I don't think I ever spoke about it on the podcast oh god <laughs> so when uh, Matt got injured I went oh well that's uh, that's Joe Gomez coming into my fancy football team and I said it out loud in the office as I did it until, and two Liverpool fans office immediately turned around and went but Joe Gomez isn't going to start. It was Lovren's me actually who did it to you. Yeah, I, yeah I'm not a Liverpool fan. I just went, Joe Gomez, it's, it's going to be Lovren. Because Lovren had started in the <laughs> Champions League or something during the week. I was like, ah, bollocks. Because it literally just hit OK or confirm. And then I kept Gomez. I more important things to do. I just threw Gomez on my bench as he was losing me value every week and just started making other more important transfers. And then eventually, at the start of December, got round to selling Gomez. He started every game since and he's, has kept six clean sheets he, in a row. He's literally... In the best form of his football career yep. since you sold him a fancy Thanks football. Thanks to me. I, I honestly You God, talk about the jinx a lot, Mark, but you do offer a lot of evidence. I, I, yeah, I'll just go. Anyone doesn't believe me, I will tweet you, tweet at balls to DOTAE, and I'll tweet you back the screenshot of the week I bought him and the week uh, the week I sold him. And it's all, you can just see it's 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 9, 8, 6, 7. So look at Anyway, we move on. There are one, two free picks for the weekend. I'm upset now. Um, but look at I'm going to be happy when I win 100 euro cash after getting all these scores correct. You can get labrics.com right now and play it yourself to subscribe to the full build up podcast search the build up on balls on all good podcast apps